If Kentucky Wildcats quarterback Will Levis is available at number 16, is there any way the Washington Commanders would draft him? Yes. Yes, there is. But there are three truths that have to be in place first. That and more on today's live episode of Locked On Commanders. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome, McManus fans of the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, so please subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts so you always get the latest episodes as they drop like this live Wednesday lunchtime. Hopefully you're you're enjoying your lunch break. Hopefully you're off to a, a solid start of the week. It's, it's all kind of downhill from here right into the weekend. I'm David Harrison, credential member of the media covering the Washington Commanders for Commander Country, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. You can find me there, here, or on Twitter at dharrison82, or you can text me anytime at 202-760-2644. More on that coming later on today's episode. I want to thank you for making Locked On Commanders your first listen or your first view every single day, especially today. This live mailbag time, we're going to hit a mock draft and discuss an interesting trade idea that lands another young quarterback on the Washington Commanders roster. But before we do that, we have to talk about three things that need to be true for Washington to draft Will Levis with the 16th overall selection in this year's NFL draft. And no, I'm not just talking about he's got to be available. Obviously, he's got to be there in order for the Commanders to draft him. But there are three other things that I believe that have to be right within the Washington Commanders organization for this idea uh, to even have wings. And this question is coming from us via email from Joel in North Carolina, who says, Hey, David, this is Joel from North Carolina. I know I've watched several mock drafts. One of the most recent ones I've once I've watched mocks Will Levis at 16. I couldn't believe he was available. Is there any scenario that you can see that if he is there at 16, you don't select him? Thanks for your input. Enjoy the show. Have a good one. Joel, I hope you're having a good one as well. I enjoyed your email and I appreciate you for uh, interacting here on this mailbag episode. So what has to happen, first and foremost, for Will Levis to be there at number 16? Obviously, in order for the commanders to draft him or any other quarterback, they have to be there, right? First at 16, if we're not talking about a trade-up. So what happens or what has to happen for that to, to occur? We're not going to do trades. We I did a little bit of a mock draft, but we're not going to go too, too crazy with it, end up with four or five different trade scenarios. So we're just going to kind of go straight with the board uh, the way that it is. So assuming that C.J. Stroud is the number one pick in the NFL draft, the first quarterback taken off the board, going to the Carolina Panthers, which I think is going to happen because literally every Panthers decision maker was available at his pro day. Not only were they there, but after the fact, they were all smiles, hugging, shaking hands, high-fiving, all of those things. So if we assume the C.J. Stroud goes number one to the Carolina Panthers, then I think the Houston Texans go Bryce Young uh, with the second overall pick, try to get their quarterback of the of the future as well. At number three, I think the first defender comes off the board. Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech goes to the Arizona Cardinals. Personally, this is where the kind of the rubber meets the road, right? I don't think that Will Levis makes it past the Indianapolis Colts. I think that while Will Levis obviously is not Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck was probably the last, maybe Joe Burrow uh, is the last, but before him, like Andrew Luck's kind of the last like slam dunk quarterback where you look at and say he's going to be an NFL franchise leader for a long, long time. Fortunately, injuries and retirement uh, ended up, you know, derailing that a little bit. But Will Levis, certainly not Andrew Luck, definitely not Peyton Manning. But I think that Jim Mersey, the Colts owner, he kind of has a type of quarterback that he likes, and he he doesn't mind the athleticism. I think he likes the Josh Allen-esque uh, 
you know, comps or whatever that we're, that we're getting here sometimes. But I think he wants the more passer savvy quarterback than the more athletic quarterback. And right now, I mean, both Anthony Richardson and Will Levis have accuracy issues at times and, and competitive issues at times when going up against top competition. But I think Ursay fits what Will or Will Levis fits what Ursay uh, traditionally wants. And look, Jim Ursay is a very impactful owner there for the Indianapolis Colts. So I do believe that Will Levis to the Colts is a very real possibility of four. But if Will Levis were to get past pick number four, that would mean that obviously I'm wrong, right? Like the Colts don't love Will Levis as much as I think that they probably do. And instead, they're either going to trade out or in this mock draft, again, no trades. We went ahead and we gave the Indianapolis Colts uh, Anthony Richardson, which means that after four picks, we've got three quarterbacks off the board. C.J. Stroud to the Carolina Panthers, Bryce Young to the Houston Texans, and now Will, or not Will Levis, Anthony Richardson to the Indianapolis Colts, which means that Levis has to last 11 more picks for the commanders to even have a shot at getting him at number 16. Uh, I'm not jumping a quarterback ahead of him just to make it like I'm not going to make Tanner McKee the fourth quarterback off the board just to make this work. So we're going to look at this. We went kind of through the team needs of each team ahead of the Washington commanders between the Colts pick and their pick and who they might pick if they don't go quarterback. Right. Uh, so I'm not going to list every single pick here, but some guys that commanders fans might be interested uh, in, in seeing Northwestern offensive lineman Peter Skaronsky goes number six to the Detroit Lions at seven. I sent Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback. Uh, to from Oregon uh, to the Raiders. Ohio State tackle Paris Johnson goes to the Bears at nine. Georgia offensive tackle Broderick Jones to the Jets at 13. Iowa edge Lucas Van Ness to the Patriots at 14. Haven't really heard a lot of commanders buzz about Van Ness, but he is an edge and, you know, there's a potential need uh, for an edge here. So I'm just kind of throwing his name out there. Utah tight end Dalton Kincaid, 15 to the Packers. The Packers were kind of a tricky uh, scenario. I kind of just went with their, you know, their their supposed top team need according to PFF or NFL.com or something. Either way, I don't think they're taking a quarterback. I think Jordan Love is kind of the guy at least for a year. So Will Levis safely makes it past uh, the Green Bay Packers. But Dalton Kincaid is a guy that, you know, Commanders fans have, have voiced interest in uh, at times. He's my number one tight end in this year's class as well. So now that we're at pick 16, obviously Will Levis is still there because that's the point of this exercise. Who else is there with him? Well, you got Illinois cornerback Devin Witherspoon because I went corner. I went Christian Gonzalez to the Raiders. Devin Witherspoon uh, trickles down. The Bears were an option for Devin Witherspoon, but they need tackle a little bit more than corner, so I sent them an offensive tackle instead. Uh, Maryland cornerback Deontay Banks is on the board. Penn State cornerback Joey Porter Jr. is on the board. Tennessee offensive tackle Darnell Wright is still available. Georgia edge Nolan Smith and Clemson edge Miles Murphy. That's kind of your top seven uh, prospects that fit a commander's need but are also high up uh, on the remaining board. So personally, I would either go Witherspoon if I plan to keep Benjamin St. Juice on the inside, if I plan to move him back to nickel where he started last year before ultimately moving outside to replace William Jackson, I would draft Devin Witherspoon, put him outside with Kendall Fuller, move Benjamin St. Juice back into nickel. If I want to keep Benjamin St. Juice outside, and I'm speaking as if I'm Jack Del Rio, if I want to keep Benjamin St. Juice outside, then I would go Deontay Banks. Honestly, I would probably trade back and then try to get Deontay Banks uh, to come in and be my new nickel competitor with Danny Johnson, Percy Butler when he's down there. All those things. So that's what the board would look like, you know, in, in, in this scenario. What would it look, what would need to happen rather in order for Will Levis to kind of be the guy that we want to target here? Well, first and foremost, we have to have picked up Chase Young's option or we have to have re-signed Montez Sweat. Not both, but just one of them. We need to have one of our starting edge positions secured for 2024 because if we have neither of our starting edge positions secured, 
for 2024, then I think we have to give a serious look at Nolan Smith, who I don't really think fits, or we have to look at Clemson's Miles Murphy, who honestly his potential is kind of stalled at the college level. Neither is a great first-round option here at number 16. But if you want to go Will Levis and ignore the edge position for the first round, you have to have either Chase Young or Montez Sweat secured into 2024. You know, everybody's got their opinion on that, but one of the two has to be secured. Secondly, we have to think Andrew Norwell is going to be a starter in 2023. The interior offensive lineman would fit in right there. We got Charles Leno Jr. on the left side, Norwell at guard, Nick Gates at center, Sam Cosme at the other guard position, Andrew Wiley at right tackle. That's where I'm penciling them in. So if we're going to ignore the offensive line group, specifically the tackle group, uh, then we're not kicking Andrew Wiley into guard, which means Andrew Norwell is going to come in as a starter potentially this offseason. We saw Chase Roulier, see what happens with him. Cornelius Lucas, Trent Scott, Sadiq Charles as depth. So we don't need to worry about depth. We just have to worry about our starting five. So that's the second thing that needs to happen. Third thing, we have to love Danny Johnson and or Percy Butler because if we're skipping a corner here, we're basically saying that Danny Johnson and or Percy Butler, depending on the package, depending on the scenario, is going to be our nickel. Percy Butler, when Derek Forrest drops down to Buffalo, can be the top free safety. When he's not, then Danny Johnson can come in and be the nickel. So if we're going to skip corner, we're going to skip edge, we're going to skip O-line, those three things need to be true within the organization. Are they true with me? Not necessarily, but they need to be true in the organization. Then, and only then, do I see the Washington Commanders pulling the trigger, potentially, on a guy like Will Levis. But personally, I would still trade. I mean, look at all these options. You got seven guys that you could be happy with and number 16, potentially. I would trade back four or five spots, get some more draft capital, and take one of these seven guys uh, five spots later. That's what I would personally do in the situation. But is there a scenario where the Commanders could take Will Levis? I think, yes, there is. But there's there's a few things that have to be kind of met uh, before, if that happened, Levis would become be, would become just the third quarterback drafted number 16 overall since 1980. San Diego State's Dan McGuire, McGuire was dra uh, drafted 16th overall by Seattle in 1991. Florida State's EJ Manuel in 2013 by the Buffalo Bills. Neither of them figured or finished their NFL careers with a winning record. So not sure what that means for uh, for this situation. But perhaps the commanders won't look to add a young quarterback in the NFL draft because they'll already have added another young quarterback via NFL trade. That scenario is coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And this live episode of Locked On Commanders is brought to you by FanDuel. The NBA playoffs are almost here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel America's number one sportsbook because new customers, you get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 and bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So even though the Washington Wizards aren't winning, you can still potentially win with FanDuel. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores, threes drained. You can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thanks again for making the Long Talk Commanders podcast first listen or your first view of the day. Coming live to you Wednesday, hopefully during your lunch break or if you're if you're a late worker, hopefully you're just kind of chilling out at home. Wherever you are, I appreciate you joining this episode. If you're joining us after the live broadcast, we appreciate you just as much. Could the Commanders find a one-for-one -one trade partner to take Chase Young and return a quarterback in exchange? This is a question we've talked about a lot recently. What are the Washington Commanders going to do? with their edge rushers. They've got Jonathan Allen under contract through 2025. Teron Payne just signed a new deal that essentially keeps him pinned down uh, through 2025. 
The contract runs through 2026, but there is an out if the Washington Commanders need to or decide to uh, take it at that point. The question now turns to the edge. Right now, as it stands today, Chase Young's fifth-year option has not been picked up yet. The team has also not said that they're not picking it up. It just hasn't been picked up as of right now, at least at the moment of this, uh, this live broadcast. And so that makes him a free agent next year. Montez Sweat is on the last year of his deal. He's a free agent next year. So as of right now, the Washington Commanders have zero edge rushers, uh, starting caliber edge rushers, uh, to, to a high degree anyway, uh, for the 2024 NFL season, which means they need to kind of make a decision. And they need to make one or two decisions. If they decide to keep them both, that's a lot of money. But hey, uh, if they can if they can make it work, more power to them. So the question is being brought up now is, do the, does the team keep Montez Sweat? Do they keep Chase Young? Do they trade the other one? Or do they roll through with both of them, keep one of them at the end, and watch one of them walk away, and potentially you get a, a third-round compensatory pick in 2025 as a result? Those are there, There's a lot of options there. But Nicholas sent in a question and asked, quote, I wanted to take the chance. Thank you for making this podcast so enjoyable. You speak very well and are excellent at your job. Nicholas, I appreciate you are excellent at asking questions, uh, so I appreciate you as well. He continues, I also wanted to ask if you could voice your thoughts on the following trade sometime on the podcast. That time is now. Chase Young, whose fifth-year option is looming for Trey Lance, the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. As you mentioned on the podcast before, Washington seems unlikely to pay all four defensive linemen mega contracts, especially unlikely in Young's case. Montez, what is more valuable to the franchise than Chase's? And in my opinion, he's earned his second contract with the commanders with this trade. The 49ers get a fellow uber-talented Buckeye to pair with Nick Bosa as they make a Super Bowl push uh, with Brock Purdy at the helm, while Washington gets an electric quarterback that plays the game similar to Cam Newton, reminiscent of Ron Rivera's glory days. I honestly think this would be a great trade for both parties and has the potential to save Rivera's job. Howell and Brissett would be no further ahead than Lance in the enemy's system. Why not shoot from the moon with Lance, who's also on a rookie contract, when Young is presumably out the door? End quote. I think it's a very interesting question. I think it's a it's... I will, I will be fully transparent here. I was not as high on Trey Lance as a lot of the media members were. Obviously, the San Francisco 49ers were when he was coming out of North Dakota State. Now, some of his play has kind of supported my thought process, but there's also been injuries there uh, and things like that, and he's still a young quarterback, so you kind of want to give him a little bit of a grain of salt, and by no means am I going to sit here and take a victory lap. So could the San Francisco 49ers be interested in moving Trey Lance? They could. You know, I mean, you can make that, opportunity, that, that argument. They have Brock Purdy. Uh, that they're confident in now they brought in sam darnold uh, all those things and of course you've got draft picks potentially you know a tanner mckee or maybe even a late round uh quarterback that they want to take a flyer on but let's look at how this would kind of work for both sides washington currently has about three million dollars left in their salary cap space chase young counts as 10.9 million against the cap this year all of that is guaranteed all of that is dead money if they move on from him. trey lance for the 49ers counts for 9.3 million dollars against their cap and is 20 million dollars in dead money because he ha- he still has two years left on his rookie deal. So this year's bonuses, next year's bonuses all pay out if they cut him or trade him. $20 million in dead money. So that's first and foremost. Now, making this trade, if you just trade Chase Young for Trey Lynch straight up, the commanders actually save a million and a half in cap space. Uh, and then they have Trey Lance next year on a $5.3 million price tag. So that's that's really, really, really good money for, like you said in the email, a young quarterback that still has a good amount of potential. The 49ers on the other side, they take a little bit of a hit, but they get a chance to potentially reach Chase Young's potential. And like you mentioned, Nick Bosa, if if he vouches for Chase Young and says, yes, Niners, this would be a good person to, to bring on to our defense, then I think the Niners would be even a little bit more intrigued with the option. They have some confidence in doing that deal. Now, the 49ers currently 
uh, or the 49ers in this deal would add just over $7 million to their current cap number. And presumably they would pick up Chase Young's fifth year option uh, to avoid having to commit to a long-term deal right away. That would cost them $17.5 million uh, against their salary cap next year and would be fully guaranteed uh, against injury unless they work out some sort of extension, you know, before that really goes officially active uh, and they can resign them. Currently without Young, the Niners are projected to be about $13 million over next year's salary cap. So if they pick them up and enact that fifth-year option, you're adding 17.5. You're already over $13 million. Uh, again, without doing a huge deep dive into the Niners' depth chart and all that stuff, it can it can be worked out, right? So it's not that's not such a prohibitive number that just can't happen. So the, the finances certainly allowed this to be a possibility, um, even though it is a little bit risky for the 49ers. Honestly, because it's a little bit more risky and more expensive for the 49ers, and they're sending you a quarterback, which we all know that the quarterback price is always getting inflated. You're probably, if you're watching, going to have to chip in a fifth or a sixth. If you can get away with a seventh-round pick, great. But you're probably going to have to chip in a day-three draft pick uh, just to make it work. Again, because the Niners are taking on more risk, they're taking on more money, and because they're giving you a young quarterback, even though it's one that we argue they probably don't really have a lot of interest in. And interest in The problem with that theory is Brock Purdy is coming off of surgery and and i don't know the full details again uh locked on 49ers brian peacock and uh those guys will will know more about that than i do but my understanding from talking to them in our group chats and all that is brock purdy may not be ready for the first part of the regular season even let alone training camp and all these other things so you've got a situation where you have a very young quarterback who's not going to miss a very extensive amount of time a lot of install all these things you've got sam darnold who's already fizzled out of two organizations after being a top nfl draft pick I mean, you you don't have a whole lot of quarterback answers, really. Now, Brock Purdy long-term, yes. But Brock Purdy, immediate beginning of the 2023 NFL season, and this team thinks that they're in a Super Bowl window, not so much. That might make them want to keep Trey Lance just a little bit longer. Um, look, I don't hate the trade option. I don't, ha- I don't hate the offer. I wouldn't even hate if they did it one for one and you got no picks back for Chase Young, even though I do feel like Chase Young's ceiling in the NFL as an edge rusher is still higher than Trey Lance's as a quarterback. Um, Eric Bieniemy has has had obviously success coaching a mobile quarterback, a quarterback that can move uh, a little bit with Patrick Mahomes. Not saying that it would I know, clearly translate, but there are similarities uh, there, and it allows Washington to spend all their remaining draft capital on players that are not quarterbacks, and you get three bites uh, essentially at the option or the possibility of getting a starting caliber quarterback. So I don't I don't hate any of it because uh, of all those things. Again. Can't speak certainly for what the Niners would think. If there's a Niners fan watching this, drop a thought in the comment. Uh, We did a similar conversation like this involving the Houston Texans, and plenty of Texans fans came through the YouTube comments. Some of them loved the idea. Some of them hated the idea. So if you're a Niners fan, checking this out, by all means, let us know what you think. Great question. I think it's an interesting topic. Um, Again, I wouldn't wouldn't hate it, but I would assume that when this trade happens, you've already agreed to an extension with Montez Sweat. So you've got one end of your defensive line secured for the future, and then – you go into the NFL draft, needing one spot, uh, see what you what you do there. Speaking of what you would do with an open edge spot, we've got a fan-submitted mock draft that actually addresses that very question, and that's going to come up next on today's episode of Locked on Commanders. Final segment here on this live mailbag, mailbag episode of Locked on Commanders and our final mailbag submission comes in the form of a mock draft. It is mock draft season. The NFL draft is just weeks away. There's nothing more fun in mock drafting than trading. There's also nothing more dangerous because you, you start going down the trade rabbit hole and you can find yourself lost and twisted and turned over uh, a couple of times. But 
They're kind of like the, the wardrobe from Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. Uh, they can take you to all kinds of amazing worlds full of just amazing possibilities. So we got a mock draft submitted uh, by a listener slash viewer named Harrison. And here is the mock draft. Uh, we've got Paris Johnson Jr., number 16 overall, offensive tackle out of Ohio State. We've got edge rusher Nolan Smith coming number 24 via a trade. So already right here at the very top of this mock draft, things are getting a little bit interesting. In this mock draft trade, the Washington Commanders get pick number 24. The Jacksonville Jaguars get defensive end Montez Sweat and a 2024 third round pick. That's very interesting. My assumption here is that along with this, we're also picking up Chase Young's fifth year option. So again, you want to make sure you secure at least one end from a starting player standpoint. So if you're getting rid of Montez Sweat on that on that you know that that expiring contract, you're going to go ahead and secure Chase Young for the future at least one year by picking up that fifth year option, and you pick up the 24th overall pick here. Harrison drafts Nolan Smith, the Georgia edge rusher, presumably to become the replacement for Montez Sweat. So you've got Nolan Smith on a rookie deal. You've got Chase Young on an expiring rookie deal. Again, assume you pick up that fifth-year option worth $17.5 million fully guaranteed. And that is kind of how you reset your edge structure. Um, a, a few things here on Nolan Smith. Personally, I think Nolan Smith is a 3-4 alignment outside linebacker. I don't really view him as a 4-3 down lineman edge. So the fit there to me doesn't really fit. But if you're going to allow one of these guys to walk away, if you're going to trade one of these guys, then it absolutely makes sense to go ahead and secure that spot for the future. There's no guarantees that Nolan Smith or any other edge rusher in, the, in this situation, to be honest with you, would fully pan out. It's, there's no guarantees that any draft pick is going to fully pan out. So there's a risk, obviously, inherently there. You guys, if you if you watch this, this show, if you've listened to this show regularly here for the last month or so, you already know I'm I would prefer to keep Montez wet. And if you're going to trade a guy, trade Chase Young. But there's just as many. I see him in the comments, see you on Twitter. You know what I mean? We talk in the emails and all that stuff. Like, there's just as many that would would prefer to keep Chase Young because you see that upside still and let Montez sweat walk. I, neither one is wrong if either one works out. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that I know for sure Montez sweat would be the better long-term answer than Chase Young. That's just how I see it kind of sitting today. But either way. If you trade either of these guys, especially before the NFL draft, then I like addressing that position in the NFL draft to try to help secure the future of said position. So I like that pick for that purpose. I don't know if I like the fit of, of Nolan Smith, but I do like the attempt to approach it. Moving on, number 47 in the second round, Steve Avila, the guard at a TCU. That dude comes to the Washington Commanders cornerback, Travis Hodges uh, Tomlinson at a TCU, comes to the Commanders via pick number 97. Pick number 118 is linebacker. Dorian Williams at a Tulane tight end, uh, Michigan tight end Luke Schoonmaker joins the squad. Penn State center Juice Scruggs, Louisville corner quarterback Malik Cunningham, who's got some interesting tools to work with, also comes through uh, here in the sixth round. And then in the seventh round, we get our kicker to compete with Joey Sly, Chad Ryland. Overall, PFF gives this class an A minus. I, I think it's a solid class. I don't agree with every single pick. So, what do I like about it? I like Paris Johnson Jr. at number 16. I don't know that he gets there. But I like him if he, I mean, if he is there, you absolutely, I think you absolutely have to take him for the Washington Commanders. Paris Johnson Jr., 16. I like that. I love Steve Avila at number 47. This is a guy that if he adapts to the NFL somewhat quickly, this dude could be, be a starting caliber guard for your team in his rookie year. And you're talking about getting him in the second round. I dislike Travis Hodges Tomlinson at number 97. No offense to him. I just don't know how much his skill set and his size disadvantage really translates to the NFL. So I'm kind of out on him as a prospect 
what I do think is interesting, obviously, as we've talked about here going through this, is the trade involving Montez Sweat. So interesting stuff here. Mock drafts are designed uh, to, to spark conversation. I see the live chat starting to pick up a little bit. And, and so obviously, there's some conversations happening. I appreciate all of you uh, for doing that as well. So thanks for the questions. Thanks for the mailbag. Very, very interesting. Shout out to Joel, Nicholas, and Harrison for contributing. Special shout out to you as well for watching live, watching later, or listening on your audio podcast player of choice. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Commanders your first listen or your first view of the day. For your second, please check out Locked On NFL Scouting with the draft dudes from free agency to the draft, salary cap management, and more. Join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft News wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. I will be back tomorrow with an all-new episode. But before we leave today, I need to tell you about subtext. You've heard me talking about how you can text me directly. Well, that's via subtext. Some of you already know about it because you already signed up for it. I appreciate it. You've been having some fun engagements, some fun times going back and forth. This is something that our network is test running and chose me to be one of the pilot hosts. There's about five NFL hosts that are pilot testing uh, this subtext program. Because our show numbers are solid. You're a very engaging audience. We, we greatly uh, appreciate that as well. As a subscriber, you can literally have my contact info in your phone and reach out to me like you would any other friend or any other football fan. It's better than Twitter because you don't have to sift and you also don't have to worry about your thoughts getting lost in the mix because you're sending them directly to me. I get your thoughts directly. There's no timeline for me to scroll through. There's no inbox for me to scroll through. It just comes to me. It's there. And you get your my thoughts to you in, in kind. Uh, the exact same way. When you subscribe, you get 14 days for free to check it out and see what it's all about and see if you like it. Through subtext, I'm sending exclusive information on the Washington Commanders, one-on-one -on -one interactions with all of you, and you get first priority in mailbag episodes. Anytime we do any type of fan feature on the show, you get first priority. And we can do a lot of cool things, daily nuggets of information or analysis when things happen. You can ask me anything. We can do little ask me anything if I'm sitting, I don't know, waiting to pick up one of my kids uh, from work or something. We can do some ask me anything sessions and go back and forth. Uh, and then, of course, during the season, during game days, all that stuff, a lot more. I can even text you during practices and let you know, you know, if you're wondering, hey, man, is Chase Young hitting sled right today? I can let you know uh, in a text message how Chase Young is looking out there or anybody else is out there. You'll never have to worry about searching through a feed or a stream again. Uh, it's pretty cool if you want to give it a try. Of course, if you've got something that you want to add into uh, what we're doing here, you can always let me know. I'll do my best to make it an enjoyable experience for all of you as well. I'm also talking with our network legal office about doing some giveaways via subtext. I love doing giveaways. You guys give so much to me with your time. I love giving back. Uh, so I want to do those. Got to get them through legal first, but those will be happening via subtext as well when they do happen. So check it out. Just text hashtag HTTC to 202-760-2644. Again, it's 202-760-2644. You're not going to need spam text, no advertisements, no nothing like that. It's just me to you, you to me. Uh, try it for free for two weeks. If you don't like it, you can walk away. I appreciate you trying anyway. But if you do like it, then you stick around. And in the process, let me know how you want to improve it. Start your free two-week trial. Hope to hear from you soon. In the meantime, signing off for today. I'm David Harrison, staff writer for Commander Country, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, credential member of the media covering your Washington Commanders. And more importantly, hanging out with you today, every day, five days a week here on the Lots On Podcast Network. Until we speak again, if you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another, and I'll see you right back here next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.